This Known Leader podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead students to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can find other incredible student ministry resources as well as future camp information at www.lifeway.com forward slash students. Welcome to another episode of our Known Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Prawl, and we are beginning a brand new unit of study with this session. It's a unit of study called His Life, My Life, and leaders, as you're getting into the study, this is the first time we've known that we've done a book study for the entire month of study, and we are going to be looking at the book of Colossians. Each session in this study, we're going to look at the first half of a chapter in the Bible study session. We'll look at the second half of that chapter in Colossians in the midweek uh, material. And so if you're not using the midweek material, this might be a good month to begin using that midweek material. But we're going to work our way through the entire book of Colossians in this month. And I've got a guest in the studio. Uh, Paul Turner is here with me. Paul, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in here. Mr. Coughs a lot. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully this cough is not going to get in the way of our podcast here. I hear uh, you. you know, Paul, as we get ready to get started with this whole unit, I'm really excited about it. Before we do that, why don't you tell folks a little bit about what you do here at Lifeway? I travel a lot, do a lot of speaking and training. Um, get to spend a lot of time with youth leaders, youth ministers, uh, just encouraging them, but also just helping them to understand how we would love to come alongside and partner with them in That's ministry. Right. That's good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to help us walk through this, uh, this study of Colossians. Uh, and again, leaders, we're calling this His Life, My Life, and we're really talking about this whole topic of lordship over yeah. these next four sessions. That's going to be the focus. Um, and, you know, this is a no study in that that known a dynamic of know God, own your faith, and make your faith known. And we really want to help students get to know God and the process of what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord of my life over these next four studies. And so, Paul, this first session we're calling A Transformed Life. We're going to look at the first half of Colossians chapter 1 with the question, how does a relationship with Jesus affect me? And, you know, this idea of, of lordship. We're going to look at four life principles in this session. Let's just jump right into these as we're sure. looking in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, this first life principle is over these first eight verses of Colossians 1. It says, Jesus fills you with faith, hope, and love. What do you see in those first eight verses that helps us get to that? Wow. Well, you know, Paul is just reminding them. I, I love the way he even starts it out. He yeah. says, we always thank God for you because of the way that you have loved the saints, the way that you have shown hope. It's really interesting that um, it's hard to show something or to exhibit something that you don't have. Right. And so he's 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 saying to them, "Hey, these are the things. What a great way to affirm them is to say to them, these are the things that I already see you doing.' And so when he starts talking about faith, hope, and love, he's going, "I'm watching you in action. Right. Do these things. Every time I think about you, I remember you doing these things." Yeah, and that's really cool. I, I like the uh, as you go through this, you know, even those first two verses where Paul sets up you know, the whole the whole letter and the whole uh, chapter that we're looking at. But then he wraps it up in this section with that uh, verses 7 and 8 talking about Epiphras. Um, and he he sneaks a lot of characters in this letter and yeah. a lot of different people. We'll touch on some of those folks. Um, but he mentions that even Epiphras told us about your love in the Spirit. And so there was actually something going on yeah. in their lives that, that Jesus had made a difference in their lives and it had spilled out to where 
where folks were were seeing that and hearing about that, and that I mean that's part of that whole aspect of lordship. Well, it is, and when you talk about a transformed life, those things can only come about when Christ has transformed right. you. I mean, you can talk about those things, but when you're exhibiting faith, hope, and love, it's obvious that God has come in and, and not just made a difference, but has transformed your life. That's right, and so He's showing them the evidence of what they're already doing as a testimony back to them. That's right. Which is pretty strong. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we need to be careful to to point out in the students that you and I get to work with and, and, and the folks listening is f- find those where you see students doing those things. Make sure you talk about those. That's right, yeah. Talk about how you see God at work in their lives, where they're exhibiting faith, hope, and love. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's just such a strong encouragement. Oh, sure. And that's, that's Paul's example here. Well, and, and I bet, you know, from that standpoint, from what you're talking about, you know, that caused these folks to read the rest of this letter because they said, man, that's great. You know, Paul seeing yeah. that stuff in our lives right. uh, because it does get your attention. Yeah. Moving from there into verses 9 and 10, this idea that, again, this following Jesus as Lord and, and having a transformed life is that Jesus teaches us how to live as a Christian. And I, I love these two verses yeah. and the verses that follow. What do you see there in verses 9 and 10 about this teaching us to live as a Christian? Well, it's interesting in verse 9 because Paul is coming back saying, okay, I know I've seen you do these things in the first eight verses. Now, let me tell you, I haven't stopped praying for you since I heard about that because he knows that challenges come along the way. And so he wants them to continue to stay steadfast and strong in the midst of that. He says, so we're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that you may walk worthy of the Lord. So right, yeah. he he understands that all these things can start pulling at you. Life hits. Stuff starts happening. And so he wants them to stay grounded in the midst of not only the good times, but in all times of life, because that that is evidence of a transformed life. Yeah. As leaders are looking at that, those two verses, especially that phrase, to walk worthy of the Lord, what does that mean? How can we communicate that to students? Yeah, and, it, you know, but... I think the important thing to remember here is that this is evidence of transformation. Right. This is not how you get transformation. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, because then it becomes a works oriented kind of thing. This is evidence that God has changed your life. There's there's these simple steps that you and I take. We were just talking about this a little bit earlier in a Bible study that I was working on about this whole idea of being courageous. Right. And the most courageous thing that you can do is surrender. Well, that doesn't sound right, right but <laughs> but that's exactly in God's economy. And so he is reminding them that, listen, I'm praying that you continue to stay strong in all these things that I've already seen evidence of you doing because I know that life's going to happen. And right. that is the way in which you walk worthy is that you continue to stay grounded on those things that you already know and things that God will continue to reveal to you. When he says, and in, in, in that process, you're also going to bear fruit yeah, in right. every good work. And the things that we're doing as a reflection of Christ in our lives, we're going to bear fruit, which goes back to those first eight verses. Part of the fruit that the Colossians were bearing was that faith and that love um, that's, that springs from the hope that they have in Christ. Um, right. So he ties all that together. Um, this prayer, verses 9 through 12, I use often with students mm-hmm. and, and pray good. this over them that mm-hmm. you know God would just fill them with his will and spiritual understanding. 
which moves into verses 11 and 12, right. that this part of this transformed life is that God strengthens us. Jesus strengthens us. What do you see there in those verses? Well, that's the only way that you and I continue to live a transformed life. If right. He strengthens us because we know what our strength is like. <laughs> we know where, where yep. that will run out pretty quickly. Um, according to His glorious might. I like right. that. Yeah. Everything points back to Christ. Uh, it's not the, the focus is not on the individuals at Colossae. The focus is on on the God at work through them. That's right. And I think that's an important thing to remember when we're working with students is that we we help them to see God at work in them. We like to be stroked. We right. like we like for people to go, oh man, look what you did. Yeah. We need to be careful to say, man, look, here's what I see God doing through you. Right. Um, this this vessel that God is using in a strong way. And then he says, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. So everything, everything points back to God. That's right. It's not anything that he says, well, you know, you mustered up the strength, and so, wow, you did a really good job on this. Right. No, Christ provided the strength, and then he, and then he continues to, to not only give you the strength, but he continues to enable you That's right. to make it happen. Well, and then we tie all that together because it's hard to, as we're doing this Bible study, to just you know focus in on a couple of verses because they all tie together. Right. You know this whole thought of Paul's, um, and if you study much of Paul, you realize that you know he does these incredible run-on sentences and, and you know <laughs> right. twelve verses is one sentence kind of a thing. Yeah, he'd and, flunk and most is, writing courses right. today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, his entire thought process, he ties all that together with verse thirteen and fourteen. Is that uh, not only does Jesus teach us how to live as a Christian and he strengthens us, but Jesus rescues us, which yeah. again goes back to that foundation of everything that he's talked about. But what do you see there in verses 13 and 14? Well, it's really cool. Not only does he rescue us, which is important, but then look what he says here. And he's transferred us into what? The kingdom of the Son. Right. So we're not only just getting pulled out of a mess. Yeah. We're, we're getting delivered to something that's totally beyond our imagination. That's right. So it's it's one thing to be rescued from something. It's another thing to be rescued from something into something that's just hard to even begin to get your mind around. That's right. So that's how good God is to us. And then he reminds him again, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him. He, he, he brings it back to Christ. That's right. I mean, this whole this whole passage of Scripture, if you miss the centrality of the message of Christ in Colossians 1 through 14, then you're reading the wrong <laughs> book. That's right. Because <laughs> it really is all about Christ and at work in, in individuals. That's right. And leaders, we will continue this study in the midweek. You know, Paul mentioned the uh, centrality of Christ in, in most of your Bibles. That's the subhead for the next set of verses uh, in Colossians, beginning in verse 15, and I, that's one of my favorite passages oh, yeah, in Scripture. That it is. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, we're moving into that yeah. Paul's beautiful description of Christ. Uh, we want to save that for your midweek study, and we would hope, folks, that you would jump into that midweek study with your students. If you're not using that midweek, uh, you may want to find some time to come back and, and look at those verses as well mm-hmm. to finish up Colossians chapter 1. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, leaders, again, our question this week is, how does a relationship with Jesus affect me? We've looked at four life principles. Jesus fills you with faith, hope, and love. Jesus teaches you how to live as a Christian. Jesus strengthens you, and Jesus rescues you. That's the first half of Colossians chapter 1. We're going to jump into Colossians chapter 2 of the next session to join us again next week. <laughs> 